Lord, you are here with us in the power of your Holy Spirit. You are here with us in the power of your resurrection. You are here with us in the presence of your anointing. Inspire us with a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit and use me, your unworthy servant, made worthy by your sacrifice on the cross, that I may speak your word and only your word. For may the words of my mouth, the meditation of my, our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I want to thank Dean Pearson and the staff of the Cathedral and to all of you for your inspirational welcome to me on my first confirmation service with you. Um, I want to thank the Dean and chapter staff for the wonderful relationship um, that our diocese, including the bishops, have been enjoying with the cathedral, our cathedral, and for all of you for your faithful ministry in this diocese. You are truly some marvelous people, and we are blessed to be your friends and your colleagues in ministry. I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the fascinating readings we keep coming up with during this Easter season, or post-Easter season, is how often Jesus keeps appearing and disappearing, as if he were playing a game with us, a game of hide-and-seek. But I think it's far more than just a game of hide-and-seek. It is more so a game of helping us to understand the nature of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the fact that God has more to say than what human can express or capture. For the resurrection of Jesus serves as an eternal reminder and a testimony of how God acts and not our acts and are at times diametrically opposed to how we act. When God raised and exalted Jesus, God defied the boundaries of human knowledge and human experience, not resolving the mystery of life and death, really, but reasserting in a new way God's power over, over both life and death. The Apostle Peter, in his first chapter of his first letter, would speak to a newness of life, a newness of birth, when he records these words in that particular chapter and verse, you have been born anew, not of perishable, but of imperishable seed, 
through the living and enduring word of God. You have been born anew, a newness that has nothing to do with physical re-engineering, rather spiritual recapitulation, and that is being restored from ongoing fallenness into sin and being restored to relationship with God in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the power of God's word promised long before time. And again we find in the Acts of the Apostle the same Peter talking about God's promise this morning. God's promise of the Holy Spirit. The gifting of the Spirit in baptism that offers redemption and forgiveness. The gifting of the Holy Spirit even before baptism in Acts chapter 10 and verse 44 in the house of Cornelius where the first Gentiles were made Christians and where Peter was stunned by God's power to grant the Holy Spirit even to those who weren't as yet baptized. Again, a testament that God is not controlled by our dictates, but God is controlled by God's dictates. And so during the season of Easter, Christians are in a celebratory mood. And not only during Easter, I believe we are so all through the year, despite the season or the time or the period in our life that may not seem to be in celebration. And the reason why we are always in a celebratory mode, it is because our joy is not associated with temporal practices, but rather a joy that rests in the inner confines of the cerebral, in the recess of the heart, that which we access in the core of our being, despite the anxiety, fears, frustrations, and challenges that may face us each day of our life. That which Jesus explains to his two friends this morning in the Emmaus Road, as he joins in the conversation. In the Gospel, we see Jesus inviting himself to answer their present anxiety by reverting back to their own faith narrative. A faith narrative that speaks to the coming of the Messiah and to see how much their fears, their apprehensions are crowding out their joy, their celebration. They were going back to their lives, probably in Emmaus or wherever they may have come from, because the joy of being in the presence of the Lord seemed to have exhausted itself. 
life was getting back to normal in their understanding. But here we see Jesus interrupting their conversation and their future plans. <clears throat> and he does, he does so by taking them through what is called the act of anamesis, the act of remembrance in the breaking of bread to open their eyes, to quicken their sense of awareness. The Word of God offers the solution to their quandary. However, their investment in the stereotypes is clouding their space to allow new opportunities of God's grace and blessing. The conversation goes back. We thought he would be the one to save Israel. We thought he would be this. They have spoken so highly of him. And now he is no longer there, is what they are invoking here. And because of that investment in the stereotype, here they are unable to see the opportunity before them and beyond them. But Jesus invites his friends to a new celebration. And that new celebration is new life. A new way of living again. And this way is imperishable. Not controlled by human dictates, human power or authority, but one that has no limit. It's beyond time and space. It's beyond human com comprehension. Only access by human faith in God. It's the risen Christ they're experiencing, who can't be controlled by human actions or be silenced by he human egocentric quests for control and authority. Here we see Jesus rising out of the tomb and confronting his friend in a majestic and stunning conversation about what the prophets had to say and about all that had happened, about history, about scripture, about expectations of redemption, and in the process opened their eyes wider than they had ever opened them before. The stranger who joins them this morning in this disappearing act of being there and not being there, the stranger becomes the guide. The stranger guides the trajectory of the congregation. And a stranger gradually moves from a stranger to a companion, and then from a companion to a guest, and then from a guest to the host. For he sits them down, and he takes the bread, and he breaks it. Isn't it fascinating how a stranger can suddenly, in the twinkling of an eye, become the host of the party. 
But Jesus has a mission. And Jesus' mission is to open the eyes of everyone. And the most dramatic way in doing so for his disciples this morning is the way he did it in the Last Supper in the upper room, just before his death by the breaking open of the bread. My beloved in Christ, we are gathered together this morning to confirm a group of our young, beautiful children. And my charge to them this morning is that as we are called by the gospel to keep breaking bread and opening the eyes of the blind, is that you young people are called to be ministers of God and missionaries for the gospel. And in that M&M, not the one we eat, and not the one we are fascinated with, but the M&M, the mission and ministry of God, of which you're called to, at this very young age, challenges you to go out there as Jesus did to these two men on the road to Emmaus and keep breaking the bread, keep opening people to the wisdom of God, to the call of God, to the challenge of God. You aren't too young, my beloved young people, confirmants. You aren't too young to open people's eyes to the wisdom and blessing of God. You have been well trained and nurtured in all so far as you could understand all the traditions of the faith. You are equipped, though you may not know it, but I need you to realize it, young people. You are equipped to break open the bread so people may see Jesus in you as Jesus does this morning to these two stubborn men on the road to Emmaus. I want you to break bread, my young ones, so that others can see Jesus through you. That is my charge to you on this your day of confirmation. For as Jesus charged his two friends in the breaking of the bread to go and tell the world of his resurrection, to change the nature of faith and the life of people, I know this morning you have the capacity to do it. And I know you would not disappoint Jesus. Amen.